Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Thanks, Erx. Thanks, Donna. And it's uh, great to be with you again for our second week of Gateway Online. And what a week it's been since we met together online last week. I mean, this last week has been a week like we've never seen before. We are living in a rapidly changing world. And I know more than ever, I am just so grateful that our faith is in an unchanging God. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. In Psalm 46, it says that He is our refuge and our strength. He's our ever-present help in times of trouble. And I know that is just as true today as it was when it was first written. And I pray today that you would find refuge in God, that you would receive strength from God as we turn to Him in these times of trouble. You know, our ministry team this week has been praying for every one of you in every campus. I know it's been a tough time for many of you. You know, some of you have been rushing to get family home just in time before borders close. Others of you are in isolation and you can't see loved ones for a time. And there's some of you just in the last few days, you've, you've lost jobs or your business is under threat. And so we've been praying for you. We're going to continue to pray for you in the days and the weeks to come that you would know the presence of God. And I want to encourage all of you, if prayer is not normally a priority for you, prayer must become a priority for all of us in this season. Our ministry team has also been uh, ringing you one by one uh, during the week. Our heart and our, our desire is to call all of you over the next few weeks. So if we haven't called you yet to connect with you and just to care for you, to see how we can help and support you uh, in this season, it's because we've got over 5,000 phone calls to make and it takes some time or it's because we don't have your correct or current details. And so if, that, if you know that's true, can I encourage you, jump on our website, fill in a uh, Get Connected card, give us your details, because now more than ever, it's just such an important time to care for one another as the family of God. We're actually starting a new series today. And it's a series that's actually been in my heart since well before Corona was anything more than just an average Mexican beverage. Uh, this series actually started in my heart in July last year at our Board of Elders Summit as we began to pray for the ministry year that was 2020. You know, one of the verses that God gave me as I shared a devotion with our leadership team was from Philippians chapter 4. And, and Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, Re rejoice. Now let your gentleness be evident to all and do not be anxious about anything at all because the Lord is near. Now I just believe God just said to me that he was wanting to release us into new levels of joy in his presence. He, he was wanting to bring us into a, a new joy in Him that would be more powerful than the anxiety that we would face. It would be a joy that would be stronger than fear. You know, that's what I really believe God was putting in my heart uh, over the, the last six months as we prepared to always do this series over the Easter period. But I've got to admit, I've started to have some doubts in the last two weeks. I mean, how, how can we do a series on joy when we're going through this as a globe? Well, just before you kind of think I'm completely crazy, let me give a little bit of context to the book of Philippians that we're actually going to read through together as a church over the next four weeks. You see, the book of Philippians is actually a letter 
that was written by a bloke named Paul to a church in Philippi, hence the name of the book. And in AD 52, Paul was the first person ever to take the gospel, the good news of Jesus, to the region of Philippi. It's actually in modern day Greece. It's the first person to ever take the gospel to, to Europe. And while he was there, him and his mate Silas got locked up in prison for talking about Jesus. It caused quite a commotion in town. While they were in prison, they began to praise Jesus. They began to sing hymns to God and God miraculously busted them out of prison. And while all of this was happening, they got to lead some families to Jesus and the church was started in this place called Philippi. Well, as Paul's writing this letter, it's actually now 10 years later. And uh, Paul is once again locked up in prison, but this time in Rome. And he's writing to the church, to his friends back in Philippi, while he's in isolation in prison. He's in forced isolation. And he can't be with his friends that he loves so much. Now, we might not be in a Roman prison, but there's some context to this story that's actually similar to some of our experiences at the moment. You know, Paul can't be with the people that he wants to be with. You know, it says in Philippians chapter 1 and, and verse 8, it says, I long to be with you with the affection of Christ Jesus. God knows that I long to be with you, but I can't because I'm in forced isolation in a Roman prison. He can't be with the people he wants to be with. And he can't go where he wants to go, even though he's done nothing wrong. In chapter 1 and verse 13, he says, you know, I am in chains for Christ. The reason that I'm chained up is because I keep preaching about Christ. I've actually done nothing wrong, but I'm in chains. I, I can't go where I want to go, even though I've done nothing wrong. And he's unable to do what he's dreamed about for a long time. In Romans chapter 1, it says, uh, I have been eager to get to Rome and to preach the gospel. It's his lifelong dream to preach in the world's biggest city uh, about the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But he can't do what he's dreamt of doing for a very long time. Now, we may not be sitting in isolation in a Roman prison, but some of us are experiencing some of those same things at the moment. You know, we can't be with the people that we want to be with. We can't go where we'd really like to go, even though we've done nothing wrong. And right now, there is some of you, it feels like some of the dreams that you have have been derailed. They've been thwarted. You can't do what you'd really like to do. So although all of this is going on, you know, for Paul, as he writes this letter to the church in Philippi, in this little letter that you can actually read in 10 or 15 minutes, it's not a long letter. He actually talks about joy and rejoicing 16 times, more than any other letter that is in the New Testament, 16 times. You know, this book of Philippians that we're going to read over the next four weeks, it's a, it's a short little letter written in a time of extreme hardship, but it's filled with irrepressible joy. Let, let me just read uh, a couple of more verses from chapter 1. Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, listen to this, I always... Pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul starts this letter by saying, every day I thank God and every time I pray for you, I pray with joy. I wonder if there's some of us right now that are struggling to do that. We're actually struggling to thank God every day and we're struggling to every time we pray, to pray with joy. Because right now it feels like some of the things that 
we usually find joy in have been taken from us. There, there would be some of you that would say you, you find great joy in sitting down at your favourite restaurant with your best friends and enjoying a great meal. But right now that's been taken away from you. And the best that you can possibly expect is, is takeaway. Others of you would say that find great joy in cheering on your footy team from the sidelines or, or kicking a footy around uh, with your mates on the weekends. And that thing that brings you joy has also been kicked down the road for such a time as this. There'd be others of you that would say you just find incredible joy in, in sitting down and watching the latest blockbuster on the big screen with your popcorn and your friends beside you and just find great joy in that big screen. But that too has actually been blacked out and you've been blocked out from going to the movies with your friends. There'd be others of you that would say, I just love going to the gym and working out with, with my friends. I love, you know, staying fit and, and working out at the gym. But that too has been dropped away. You've been locked out. And if you're anything like me in the last two weeks, you are going to roll out of quarantine about 10 kilos heavier than when you went in. These are scary times, people. And there'd be some of you who would say you find great joy in just laying in your bedroom, playing video games with a bag of Cheetos and all your online friends. If that's you, I got good news for you today. All of your dreams have come true. Heaven has come to earth. You can do this as much as you jolly well like. But for the rest of us, we might be feeling a little bit depressed right now. The things that bring us great joy have actually been taken from us. And we're wondering in this season, you know, is joy going to be hard to find? You know, is joy going to be elusive for us in this season. And I would say, you know, if, if your joy is dependent on the content of your current circumstances, then joy will be very hard to find. And, and if joy, you know, is, is, is dependent on, you know, the external pleasures that, that are given to you that you, you always enjoy, then joy might be elusive for a time as some of those things are going to become extinct. But that's not the joy that Paul is talking about in this letter. Paul is talking about a constant joy. He's talking about an irrepressible joy. He's talking about a constant joy that is not dependent on our circumstances. He's talking about an irrepressible joy that no one can ever take away from us. It's a joy that we can know in every season. It's a joy that we can know in tough times. In the midst of suffering and isolation, Paul tells us why he can always pray with joy. And it's the same reasons why we can always pray with joy. Firstly, he says there's incredible joy of working together to share the good news of Jesus. He says, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. He's saying we can't physically be together in the way that we'd like, but we can still partner together. We can still work together in sharing the good news of Jesus, even though we are isolated from one another. Now, the word here that's translated partnership is actually the word koinonia. And most places in Scripture, koinonia is translated fellowship. 
And what Paul is saying here is fellowship is much more than just the half an hour after our normal Sunday service where we get to share a cup of tea and some ice vovos. He's saying koinonia is much more than that. It's actually partnering together with a group of people with a common purpose. It's actually sharing together in a common purpose to actually share the good news of Jesus. And he says, it gives me great joy that we're still working together to share the gospel. And so he writes a letter when they're separated, when they're in isolation, to encourage them. And we too might be more isolated from one another than normal. But we can still know the incredible joy of working together to share the good news. And we can still encourage one another as we do it together. You see, we, 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 can, we can share together by praying together, even when we're in different spaces. We can share, we can work together to share, share the gospel by giving generously together to bless our community. You know, we can work together to share the good news by encouraging one another to share our story with those that we live, work and laugh with, by sharing the good news of Jesus. We can encourage one another as we go about doing that, even though we're more isolated than normal. Paul does it by writing a letter. You might be part of a generation that would prefer to do it by a text message or a Facebook message. You know, you might be part of a generation who hasn't kind of got up to text messaging yet and you actually prefer to talk to someone over the phone. You know, I'm glad that our staff aren't using one of these right now. It would take us till Christmas to call 5,000 people. But if you're a part of a generation who likes to talk to someone, ring someone this week and just encourage them as we work together to share the good news of Jesus. You know, there might be a week where we actually join together in our life group for the first time, not physically, but we if you know how to open a laptop, we open a laptop and we join together via Zoom during the week. And I encourage all of our life groups to do this week to get onto to Zoom or, to, or some other um, type of platform that connects you together so you can encourage one another as we share the good news of Jesus together this week. Or, or maybe you might do something that is completely, you know, strange for this generation. Actually get an envelope, a little thing called a stamp, a bit of paper, write a letter to someone. Just bless someone this week by writing a letter and just encouraging them in what they do, the way they bless you and the incredible joy that you have in working with them in sharing the good news. Write a letter to someone this week and even if you can't do that, maybe train up a uh, carrier pigeon that can take a message to someone somewhere to share the good news of Jesus. Hey, just be creative this week. Be creative. We're in this together, church. Together. Even though we might be isolated, we can still work together to share the good news of Jesus and to encourage one another as we do it. He says there's joy in working together to share the good news. It can never be taken away from us, even while I'm sitting in prison. And he says there's joy of God doing a good work in hard times to actually make us more like Jesus. Paul says, I always pray with joy because I'm confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it on until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus, until Jesus comes again. You see, Paul is confident that God is doing a good work even though he's in isolation and the church that he's writing to is actually going through a really tough time. They're being persecuted for their faith. In fact, I reckon all of us know if we look back on our lives that God actually does his best work, his goodest work in hard times. You think about it in your own life. You know, as I look back as growing up as a, uh, a teenager, I watched my mum, you know, struggle with mental illness for 20 years. 
a very dark time, a very hard time for her. I tell you, in that time, I've just watched the way that it's grown a compassion in the hearts of our family for those who are walking through tough times. It's given us just a, a godly heart of compassion. When, when I first decided to, to go in, into ministry, Susan and I were recently married and as I was entering into Bible college, she was going to work full time to support us while I studied for ministry. But she goes and gets herself pregnant. I got no idea how it happened. I'm sure it's all her fault. But all of our plans were thwarted and we weren't sure how we were going to provide for ourselves. And in that time, they were lean times. There were times when we didn't have much money in the bank, but we just saw God provide for us in miraculous ways. Checks turned up. Those of you who've never written a letter, you probably don't know what a check is either. It's a bit of paper that comes in the mail that actually gives you money rather than takes it from you. Very rare thing these days. But checks turned up in the mail. A clothesline turned up when we needed a clothesline. People lent us cars. God provided in miraculous ways we couldn't see coming. And it actually made me more of a generous person through that lean time. When we left our first uh, ministry in Sydney and didn't know where we were going, it was a wilderness time for us as a family. It was frustrating at times. We just didn't know what was next? But during that time, as we cried out to God, God, you know, birthed a vision in our heart for, for the type of church that He was calling us to lead, a, a church that would have an impact in this nation and, and, and nations around the world. And it was in that time, as God was birthing in our hearts dreams for the future, that He guided us to Gateway. And it's brought us incredible joy leading this church for the last 12 years. And just a few years ago, one of our daughters got very sick. And I'd say it was the darkest time in our family. But during that time, God just developed in us. He birthed in us a new dependence on Him, a new dependence on prayer, and it's changed us. You see, God does some of His best work, some of His goodest work in our hardest times. Paul says, I've got joy when I pray for you because I know, I'm confident that God is going to continue the good work that He's already begun in you through this hard time. And I too am, am confident of the same thing. Paul prays, this is the prayer that he actually prays. He says, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. He says, during this hard time, I'm confident that your love for God and your love for each other is actually going to grow stronger. And I too am confident like Paul that during this hard time that we are going through as a church, as a nation, as a world, God is strengthening His church. God is growing a love for Him and a love for His people in His church. God is refining His church. God is refocusing His church. God is reminding His church of our first love. God is doing a good work. If you want God to do a good work through this hard time, it's God that does the good work, but there's a few things that we can do to allow God to do what only He can do. Firstly, and this is going to be hard for some of us to hear. Stop asking, why did this happen? Jesus actually told us we'd go through hard times. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. You see, Jesus never promised us that we wouldn't have trouble in the world. He, he simply said that, that I will rise above the trouble. I'm more powerful than the trouble. 
that whatever trouble you, you walk through, nothing will have the power to actually separate you, to isolate you from my love and grace. I'm with you in the midst of the trouble and it will not overcome you. I'll be with you in it. And so Paul didn't wallow in his circumstances and ask, woe is me and why did this happen to me? But this is what he said in verse 12. He says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. God's doing something good, even in this hard time. Personally, I hope there's a question and answer time in heaven. I don't know about you, but I've got some big questions of God when I get there. I mean, does Adam and Eve have a belly button? Big question. I know many of you are asking it today. I don't know the answer. I, I want to find Noah when I get there. I say, Noah, for the love of God, why did you not kill those two cane toads when you had the chance? All of Queensland would have thanked you for all of eternity. I, I don't know the answer. God, mozzies, why? I don't know the answer. And you and I both, and especially in this season, have actually got some much bigger and much more serious questions that we don't know the answer to. That one day we're going to say to God, why? But if we actually want these hard times to be a time when God does some of his best work in us, we've actually got to stop asking why. There's a lot of questions that I don't have answers to. But a long time ago, I actually chose to base my faith on what I do know and not what I don't know. And church, this is what I do know. What I do know is that in 1985, Jesus Christ healed my mum miraculously after being sick for 20 years. Well, what I do know is that Jesus provided for us in tough times and guided us to gateway and it's filled us with incredible joy. What I do know is that Jesus healed my daughter a few years ago and I just love seeing the joy that's in her life right now. You see, what I do know is that all of our healthcare workers that are working in hospitals right around our country, many of them are actually bear Jesus' name. The schools that we love to send our kids to when they open have actually been started by followers of Jesus because they know that Jesus has a heart for little kids. What I do know is that Jesus has influenced our culture and our values and our desire to look out for the underdog and to care for those in need more than any other person in the history of the world. What I do know is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and even in our hard times, He's doing a good work. So I think this is a time to actually stop asking why has this happened and start asking what? What is my new opportunity? You know, Paul never got to fulfill his dream of preaching in Rome. He never got to preach in the biggest capital city of the world at the time. But because he never got to do it, he had the time to write this letter to the Philippians. He had the time to write many letters. And these letters, inspired by the Holy Spirit, have been collected in the Bible. And while he didn't get to fulfill his dream of preaching to the biggest capital city in the world, the letters that he wrote have been translated into 698 languages and have been shared in every city of the world and for the last 2,000 years have been changing the lives of people all over this world and it's still happening today, right now as I speak. You see, mature followers of Jesus always ask in the middle of trouble, what's my new opportunity? Philippians chapter 1, verse 13, Paul says, as a result of this hardship, as a result of this isolation, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else 
that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. He's saying this hardship is actually a new opportunity. The mature followers of Jesus are always asking in the middle of trouble, what's my new opportunity? We got some new opportunities as a church. One of them is what we're doing right now. We're sharing the gospel right around the world. Just last week, first ever Gateway Online, 17 people put their faith in Christ. We got new opportunities at our care centres and our op shop. We're repurposing them to become distribution centres. And so we can take food and clothing and household goods out to people in need and, and through school chaplains. And, and we, can, we, can get, we can get what people need in their time of need into their hands. It's a new opportunity. We've got new opportunity to, to pray together. Seven o'clock or on a Tuesday night, gathering together and pray together wherever we are, mobilising the church in prayer. We've got a new opportunity to run Alpha online for people who don't feel comfortable walking through the doors of the church. We've got new opportunities as a church to see the gospel get into more people's hearts than ever before. And can I just say to parents for a minute, You've got some new opportunities with, with your kids. Your kids will never forget Corona time for the rest of their lives. And you've got an opportunity to model faith and hope and love in, in a really difficult time that will impact your kids' lives for all of eternity. I tell you, our nation... Our nation is going to remember how the church responds in this season. Our nation is going to remember if we're a church that chooses to love our neighbours and to look out for those in need. Our church, the nation is going to remember if we are a church that continues to give generously. Our nation is going to remember you know, if we are a church who prays for the sick and has compassion for those in need. Our nation is going to remember if the church in this season stands firm in their faith and proclaims the gospel without fear. I tell you, we've got to stop asking why and start asking what is our new opportunity. Because we know, Romans 8.28 says that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purposes. There's joy of seeing God at work in hard times. And lastly, this is a time to refocus on what really matters. Paul says, I'm in isolation. You're going through a hard time as a church and there's a whole bunch of churches uh, that have come into Philippi and they're causing trouble. They're, they're actually not being very helpful. But Paul says, I want you to focus on what really matters. Listen to what he says. He says, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry. They're causing problems. But others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defence of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But listen to these next few words. But what does it matter? What does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Because Christ is being preached in this season, however it's happening, I rejoice, I find joy. You see, when life is easy and our routines are uninterrupted, it's actually really easy to fall asleep spiritually. It's actually really easy to get what really matters out of focus. You know, it's really easy just to you know, get caught up in the belief that, you know, the appearance of wealth and houses and cars and, you know, what our 30-minute corona haircut looks like is really what life is all about. You know, one of, one of the privileges that I have in ministry is actually sitting by people's bedsides as they're dying. They, they know that their days are coming to an end. 
And you know, I've all my years, 25 years of ministry, I've never had a person that at that point in life has said, you know what really matters was the house that I owned, how many times I washed my car, or what hairstyle I had. They always talk about two things. And sometimes they talk about it in regret, and sometimes they talk about it in celebration. But one way or another, they always talk about family and faith, relationships and relationship with God. That's what really matters. Jesus said it himself, what really matters, what is most important, loving God and loving people. But you see, when we're at the end of our life and our days are coming to an end, we don't have a chance to refocus on what really matters. But I tell you, this crisis is giving us the opportunity. It is getting us out of routine. It's waking us up from those, those of us who are spiritually asleep. And it's refocusing us on what really matters. And what really matters is that Jesus Christ is known and we are making him known to other people because the joy of knowing Jesus is the only way to know lasting joy. It's the only way to know lasting joy. Paul is very aware as he writes this letter that he may never leave prison. He may die there because he knows they're threatening to kill him in prison. But listen to what he says when he hears these threats. He says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He says, either way, I can't lose. I can't lose because of what Jesus has given me. He's saying, whatever happens, no devil of hell can rob me of my joy because Jesus has given me my joy and no one can take it away from me. Knowing Jesus gives me joy and it's a lasting joy. It's not dependent on circumstances. It's dependent on Jesus Christ. It's not an external joy that's dependent on things that we have. It's an internal joy. Jesus has come to live in us. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Either way, I win because the joy of knowing Jesus is a lasting joy. It can never be taken away from me. Maybe some of you who are listening today are saying, I don't know if I know Jesus. I just want to say to you, the most important decision that you'll ever make is to know Jesus as Lord and Saviour. And if you're listening today and saying, I don't know if I know Jesus, well, probably the test is, does God feel close to you right now in this season or does God feel far away? And if God feels far away, it probably means that you don't know Jesus. You don't know Jesus personally because sin creates a barrier between you and God. And so that you can't know the closeness, the presence of God. But what Jesus came to do on earth was to take away that barrier, to destroy that barrier, to defeat that barrier once and for all. You see, Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God who'd never sinned, actually came to earth and He died on a cross to put to death your sins. He who knew no sin became sin for you so that you could be right with God, so that you could come close to God. So on that cross, He took the punishment for your sins and His dead body was laid in a tomb. But on the third day, the perfect Son of God was raised from the dead. Death could not hold Him down. The grave could not contain Him. He overcame all the sin and death in this world. It had no power over Him. And so through His death that forgives you of your sin and through His resurrection that gives you new life, you can know the joy of being close to God. You can know lasting joy by knowing Jesus. And this joy is for every person in every situation, everywhere. Whatever age you are, whatever you've gone through in life, whatever you've done in the past, 
This joy is for you. And I want to give you an opportunity to receive that joy today, to actually know Jesus, know lasting joy and draw close to God. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you'd say, that's what you want today. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to ask you just to push the button on the screen just so we know and we can uh, give you a call or an email during the week and just encourage you and help you to get to know Jesus as Lord and Saviour. But if that's your prayer today, can I encourage you to push that button, then close your eyes and pray with me. And just pray in the quietness of your own heart. Heavenly Father, thank you for always loving me. I'm sorry for the way that I sinned against you. And I thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. And I ask today that you would forgive me of my sin. I choose to live a new life of following Jesus from this day forward. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, wherever we are this morning, can we just put our hands together, join with all of heaven in celebrating those who just prayed that prayer, decided to follow Jesus as Lord and Saviour. And once again, just please let us know by pushing that uh, button today. I want to pray uh, for the rest of us who already know Jesus, already followers of Jesus. If you'd say today, you know, I want to know the joy of sharing Jesus with others. And I want to know the joy of seeing, you know, God do a good work in me to make me more like Jesus in these hard times. If that's your prayer, I'd love to pray with you right now. Just just put out your hands and say, that's my prayer. I, 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 I want to stop asking why. I, I, want to, I, I want to start asking what is my new opportunity and I want to take this time to refocus on what really matters. If that's your prayer, just put your hands out, just ready to receive wherever you are right now. I'm going to pray for you. Oh God, I just thank you. I thank you for the incredible joy of knowing Jesus Christ. And I thank you that even though we're separated right now, that we can still work together and encourage one another as we share the good news of Jesus with those we live, work and love. God, would you help us today? Would you fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit? God, would you help us, those that are struggling, to stop asking why and to start asking what is my new opportunity? God, would you help us see new opportunities to share your good news, new opportunities to lead our families. God, new opportunities to show love to our neighbours. God, I pray for new opportunities in the workplace too. God, new opportunities to, to serve you in the marketplace, whatever that might look like in this season. God, would you help us, give, give us hope this morning for the future. And God, I, I pray that you'd help each one of us in, in this time of isolation, of separation, this time of change. God, would you help us to refocus on what really matters, knowing you, and making you known. I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hey, please keep praying for each other. Hey, we're going we're gonna to finish today by uh, our worship team just singing a song to minister to you. It's a song that was written hundreds of years ago by a guy named Horatio Spafford. And Horatio Spafford, he actually lost his home he lost his business in a fire. And as his wife and four daughters were traveling across the Atlantic to start a new life, the, uh, the ship that they were in sunk and his four daughters died, four daughters died. And his wife was miraculously saved. And, and when she got to, to dry land, she simply just wrote a telegram that said, saved alone. And as Horatio Spafford was catching his own boat, you know, across to be with his wife, the captain stopped and said, this is the spot where the ship went down and your four daughters' life came to an end. And he stopped the boat there. And it says that Horatio Spafford actually kneeled on the side of the boat. He looked down into that water and he penned the words to this really old song called it is well with my soul. 
And it simply starts by saying, you know, when peace like a river attendeth my soul, when good times come, and when sorrows like, like sea billows roll, when the bad times come, I choose to put my faith in you, God. I choose to trust you, God. It is well. It is well with my soul. And I wonder if in your lounge room, in your backyard, wherever you are right now, if you just say, God, I trust you in this season. God, I'm putting my faith in you in this season. I'm choosing to say in this season where I don't know the future like I thought I did. I'm choosing to say, God, it is well with my soul. Just let the team minister to you this morning. God bless. Yeah.
I pray that this week, whatever we walk through together, that we would know the presence of God and that you would stand firm in your faith. We'd stand firm in our faith together as the family of God and say, it is well with my soul. God, I trust you. God, I put my faith in you. God, I choose to find my joy and my hope in you. I really want to encourage you to uh, meet online with your life group this week and just continue to talk about how we can find joy in knowing Jesus in this season. Encourage one another. Encourage one another as we work together to share the good news. And can I encourage you, come back again next Sunday, 8, 10 or 6 for Gateway Online. Uh, Andrew Main, our Ormo campus pastor, is going to be sharing from Philippians chapter 2. So you can be reading that during the week and just getting ready to receive from God's Word at Gateway Online next week. Hey church, wherever you are, whatever you're walking through, we are going to be praying for all of you this week. We're going to be praying that you would know the presence of God, you'd know the power of God in whatever that comes your way. Be blessed, church. Know that God is with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. See you next Sunday at Gateway Online. God bless. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to get connected with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.